Hey there, this is Jason and Paul, and we encourage you to follow us on Instagram at stateofloveandtrust underscore pod, where we can continue the conversation with you. Thanks for listening. And now, let's get to the show. Welcome, everyone, back to another episode of The State of Love and Trust. It's a Pearl Jam podcast, and I'm one of your two hosts. My name is Jason Carapesi, and I'm alongside... Paul Gilliari. Paul, good evening to you, my friend. And a congratulations to you, my friend. Thank you very much. Those who are not in the know or saw my... my uh, What's the, what's the word I'm looking for? My um, social media post, your absence. Those those who missed yeah, my, us. Yeah, my self, my, my shameless plug of my child. Um, okay. he, my second son is here. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, it, it, it ruins the brain. Let's put it that way. But yeah. that's why we had a week off. You, you already sound like you haven't slept in a week. <laughs> Actually, to be fair, last night wasn't too bad. I must say. So, but well, we're, that's good within the span of this last week or so it's been good, a little good, crazy good timing you know i thought for uh our, our lyric of the week i was going to pull mm. something from uh, around the bend just because Ooh. you know it, it's a lullaby for a baby yeah it is but it is. there's still time for that we're going a different route going yes, a different route this week that's like, that's like a little soft tease i like that yeah. uh there's a few things we want to get to this week uh, a couple things that are kind of sort of in the news and then a topic we were going to we teased that we would have done last week uh, had I only been with one child and uh, that was talking about, that is going to be talking about Pearl Jam, Avocado, the album that came out 15 years ago, um, the original mix versus the Brendan O'Brien remix some years later, the pros and the cons and which one we like more, all that good stuff. Uh, but first, as they say, uh, this past Saturday was a big concert event. What's that? A concert event? A yeah. big one? Yeah. I, right, yeah. At a brand this is new good. I, ho- I hope this becomes a trend. Artists <laughs> being able to play live in front of people. It's what an, is this? It's an amazing concept. A- it might take off. Uh, it's, it was done here <laughs> in our hometown um, of Los Angeles at the new SoFi Stadium where the Rams and Chargers play. I think it's the first, yeah, it's the first musical event, I believe. Uh, I know the Rams and Chargers have played football there. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, so they, they did a whole global citizen show called Vax Live. If you didn't know already, you probably already do. Um, and our friend Eddie came down with the fam. Uh, if you saw Jill's post of her and the girls at the Santa Monica Pier, they were having a good time. And Eddie was having a good time inside the venue with Josh Klinghoffer and a couple other dudes who I don't know and I can't find their names. So okay, if you guys do know who they are, I apologize. <laughs> they played. Uh, they played two songs. They played I Am a Patriot, and they played a very interesting version of Corduroy. Yeah. Paul, what are your thoughts on this interesting version of Corduroy? I liked it. I, I'll tell you, that this is one of those songs that we, we've discussed our, our evolution. It's one of our segments uh, mm-hmm. where we or do the evolution, where we, we look at songs that kind of get a new treatment from time to time. And uh, I feel like Corduroy continues to, to be re-examined uh, especially if you bought the box set the versus vitology set you know there's that that interesting alternate take of the track uh 
there's the bridge school versions as well, which are, are fascinating. I thought this one was, was, was interesting too. I think sometimes taking some of these great tracks and just reimagining them for whatever the occasion might be, I'm always for it. It's not like Pearl James basically said, Hey, from now on, this is the new song and you guys are never going to hear it played any other way. So what the heck? Why not? Yeah. I mean, they've, they've shown that, um, they, they went to do a new Jeremy for a while. They did mm-hmm. a new Garden for a little while. They did a, a new WMA for a little while. Right. Um, That's just kind of what happens. They get a little, maybe a little bored. Um, now, obviously, this wasn't the full band. This was just Ed with some friends. Uh, it was different. Um, it was frenetic. Um, I really couldn't tell you what key it was in. It kind of changed sections constantly. Right. And I could never really tell what part of the song they were in because it was arranged completely differently. Uh, and only until the buildup that leads into that solo did I really get a sense that it was Corduroy because mm-hmm. um, he didn't sing it even remotely the same. No. Nothing about it was the same. And I was and okay with that. I wasn't. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. All right. No, I know, that, I know that, that's, that's a very fair. biased thing to say, but I had a hard time with it. Um, and it wasn't like he just took it and slowed it down and added like a new bridge or maybe change the key a little bit. It was just a completely different song. And I'm so used to hearing the lyrics and, and the, the theme of the song and, and the climax and the way and the peaks and the valleys of the, of the tone and the delivery a certain way. That's how it's meant to be in my mind. And so if I hear it completely flipped on its head and sound like some sort of modern day alt pop rock song, like it looked, it sounded like he just said, "Okay, hey Josh, go pick one of our songs and fuck with it, and then I'll come and sing it for you." <laughs> it was really weird, um, and I like Josh's energy; it's great. But he comes across as one of those guitar players who just he likes to use different forms of noise to accomplish his sound. Like it's it's, but not in a Tom Morello kind of way. Like no. Tom Morello is very musical in the noise that he he produces from his guitar. It's just kind of like a. Hey, here are like five to eight notes that I'm going to play with a bunch of different effects and feedback. Like, okay, I, I, I could do that. That's so I would, I don't know. It, it wasn't really a fan. Now, I'm a patriot, very God, stock. They, 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 yeah, they, they, he loves playing that. Song. He loves that song. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's good energy, nothing out of the sure. pocket. It's, it's fine. It was fine. I think for me, the biggest thing, it's just great to hear Ed singing live again. And he sounded pretty damn good considering the layoff. Considering his age, I will say though that time has not been good to his hairline. That poor guy. He's got the hat on a lot these days. I know, and we knew, <laughs> we, we knew those trucker hats were 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 very um, very common over the last year and mm-hmm. a half or so. And uh, oh, the hairline! She is a receding. Yeah, well, it's a it's a sign of a life well lived. I'd like to say. <laughs> The euphemism of Paul. Now, the other big piece of news that came out this past week, the deep, the, the, the deep, I popped my pee there by mistake. The deep microsite, 186 shows. You were not impressed with this. I, 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 was, I was surprised when we first started talking about it mm. off air right. earlier in the week. Uh, you, uh, you had, I don't want to call them polarizing thoughts because, you know, well, Certainly you know, fits within the spectrum of, of, of the way folks might feel about this, but 
I thought that it was, I mean, I had friends of mine who aren't big Pearl Jam fans that were texting this to me. Like, dude, oh, really? did you see this? Yeah. I, I, you know, my Johnny, a uh, radio head yeah, fan, yeah. right? So I, he's texting me this. And I mean, obviously if you're a diehard Pearl Jam fan like us, then it's something that we were ahead of the curve on. Like the, the day it was announced, we saw, you know, like the day right. or two later, your friends text you like, Hey, did you see this? Yes. I saw it. But, it's- uh, but I, I love the fact that you know, it, it, this is the kind of thing that just kind of makes waves. And, and, you know, it just it's a ripple effect through the music industry and other bands look. I mean, look, when I when I think about Pearl Jam's place at the forefront of spreading live music, whether it was the binaural tour and just saying, hey, every show, here you go. We're putting it out there. Mm-hmm. You know, no, you don't need microphones in the audience anymore. Um, whether it was that or, or what um, Radiohead did with, I think it was in Rainbows, where they said, we're going to let you decide how much you want to pay for this album. Uh, some of the stuff that Trent Reznor has done as well. There's just something about this generation of musical artists that they looked at this space and they said, okay, uh, we're the kind of the, the, the last of the, the, the label generation, you know, mm. that the, the, the bands that came up in the label culture yeah. and, and they were very much counterculture against that. And they see all these new musicians that are essentially propping up themselves and their music and, and, you know, they've got pro tools and, and they're just putting their own sounds together, which is amazing. And they support all that stuff. And they're like, you know what? Like we want to be a part of that too. And so I look at something like this where Pearl Jam says, you haven't seen us play live. You miss us. We miss you too. And, and it's just a way to kind of re engage with the fan base through live music in ways that to me seems like a natural extension off of what they have been doing, kind of releasing some of these signature shows recently. I'm of two minds. On the one hand, I agree with everything you just said. And it's the I execution, it's, you're not a fan of the execution. Are hold you? on. Don't, don't, don't you give my take to me, my friend. <laughs> so the good part of it is basically what you mentioned. So those who are not diehards who maybe already have every single show um, or don't subscribe to Sirius XM and have, you know, the channel, uh, channel 22, um, even the, uh, I think there is a Pearl Jam, or there was at least a Pearl Jam radio through the internet for a while. Um, if you are a giant Spotify user or Apple Music mu- user, this is, this is cool. Now, all of a sudden, you have uh, 11 years and 186 shows worth of live Pearl Jam just flowing for, as far as I can tell, for free. Or I guess it's part of that service. So not free, free, but it's part of the service now. Um, that is cool. The, the stats thing and the setless curation part of it, um, I don't really care about at all because there have been um, apps and websites that have been doing that for a while. Our friends at PJ Stat Tracker and LiveFootsteps.org. We mentioned those guys all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, we'll get Jeff from PJ Stat Tracker on the show. I know he's been busting his ass to try and get a new version out for a long time here. So he's working on that. I know uh, David over at Live Footsteps. He has a new feature coming out uh, very, very soon. Uh, we're going to speak to him very soon as well about his site. Uh, which we are featured on, by the way, if you didn't know that. And so that kind of gives, transitions me into my negatives, which is, okay, great. I already have all these shows. Um, like, who is this? Is this meant to really be, be there for the casual fan? Because is the casual fan going to care about all these live shows? Now, I don't 
I like all these shows. I do. I have every single show that's, a, that's been ever been made available on an iPod. Got them all. Um, so this doesn't do anything for me. The I don't use Spotify either. I don't use Apple Music. I don't stream anything because I don't want to be tethered to the internet um, with music. That's my, that's a me problem, though. No, I'm, I'm with you. But then you got the stats thing, like I said. We already have it taken care of. And to this day, the Pearl Jam website has been really spotty with stats and set lists. So now you're telling me you're going to have a set list creation part of this whole thing. What the hell does that mean? I already have. I mean, Two Feet Thick has gone by the wayside. That sucks. But Live Footsteps has been there. PJ Stat Tracker has been there. They are very, very, very accurate. And then there's one little thing that is a fluff, a piece of fluff. And I, I asked us to go th- do this because it felt like it, it kind of speaking proves my of point. set lists, it proves my <laughs> point. Okay, there is a a a a piece of this puzzle on deep.pearljam.com that allows you to make your own set list. And one of the options is to um, randomize, or you can actually choose. Um, I just did randomize because I just felt like trying that out. Um, here's what I got, Paul. You put it in your name, put it in whatever city you want, and it spits out some random ass set list. I have no idea how it creates this. Uh, I got can't keep, wash, given to fly, grievance, animal, corduroy, MFC, you are in hiding, state of love and trust, encore break. Lightning bolt, not for you, Jeremy. Wish list all night. Go, encore break. Got some parting ways. Present tense. Yellow moon. Spin the black circle. Rock in the free world. Soon forget. Indifference. What did you get, Paul? On your random so, set list. Yeah, I mean, first let me just, just okay. I'll share the set list mm-hmm. and then a brief comment on the mm-hmm. process. So. I, it's a show that opens with hard to imagine, which is Ooh, awesome, fun, quite frankly. Yeah, pretty. Then it goes into wash, which you would, by now you're losing your mind. If you and I are there <laughs> at, at, at anywhere, the Greek, the, uh, if we're at the bowl and hard to imagine opens the show, what? And then wash after that. And Jason's just, he's running around with six to midnight, my friend at this point. Yeah. <laughs> six to, so, then we get corduroy. So it's already epic, right? Oh my God. We go into grievance, which is a nice little kind of wild card here. We get animal, obviously given to fly. I mean, now we're just hitting some home runs here. Infallible, which we've already Ooh. talked about. One of those songs better live than, than uh, mm-hmm. on the album. Light years, just a beautiful little, little moment aside. Uh, the sun probably hasn't set yet at the bowl, but that would have been a nice, <laughs> nice, nice song for a little later. We get all night, which is just a rando, but I'd love though. I mean, then we get um, unthought known also an epic track. We get Whipping, one of your favorites. We get Not For You, one of mine. We get Lucan, so everyone's having a blast. We get Evacuation, which is Uh-oh. by far the lowest moment of the show. Randomized for Paul. Exactly. But little, that might be one of my least favorite Pearl Jam songs of all time. And of course, it shows up on this random generated mm-hmm. set list for me. Uh, we get Wishlist and Rear View Mirror coming next. So those are great. Uh, Thumbing My Way to Heaven, one of my favorite underrated gems. Just Breathe, followed by Leash. I mean, those two back to back. I'm going to talk about a lull you in and smack you in the face right after that. Uh, Then we get all along the watchtower, which Hmm. is pretty cool. Um, Spin the black circle. Crazy Mary. It's a fun one so far. We get alive and indifference, which are two classic uh, show closers in their own respect. So I was pretty impressed. I I think this would have been a fine show, believe it or not. And the point of this? (laughs) The point of this is is there any chance this will be a show? And, and, and that brings me to my point here. This is all good and fun, 
But if the band is is actually curating these things in a way where it's aggregated and they can look back and say, hey, 600, I'm sorry, 65,000 people in Southern California did this. And these are the songs that showed up the most on these random set lists. And then Eddie says, oh, cool. So first of all, I think it'd be an interesting experiment from the point of view of the band for them to say, why do people in Madison, Wisconsin love this song? <laughs> for, why, why, why does half of LA want to hear that song? But it would be a wonderful way to kind of, I don't want to say curate a set list for each town. Cause I think Eddie does a great job of that on his own, but I don't see the purpose of this other than the kind of conversation that you and I are having right now. It has no and purpose, quite, Paul. And that's fair. But, but if that's all that it's for, if that's all that it's for, I, if, if it's just fluff, I'd like to find a way to, um, to generate more conversation about this. Cause right now I have an opportunity to, to share the set list on Facebook and on Twitter, which is cool, but I don't know how much of, of Pearl jam fandom lives on Facebook and on Twitter and chooses those mediums to interact with each other. Yeah. I'm not sure. I mean, we're in a bunch you know of Facebook groups, um, you know, official fan club members and all that stuff and not, you know, yeah. interact from time to time. Um, and that's fine. But the thing with this set list generator is, in the random one, I don't, I don't understand the point of that. If, if you're choosing stuff, I can see those being useful for what you're talking about. And I, I've mentioned this before, but on the last arena tour in Europe for Metallica, Lars Ulrich said that they used Spotify's stats in geofenced areas to figure out which songs people like to listen to the most. And that's how they changed their set list. So if Frankfurt, Germany was really big in the Trapped Under Ice, they might say, you know what, let's play Trapped Under Ice because these guys apparently love this song. And so it might that might be the kind of thing that they're doing here with the non-randomized version. Um, but beyond that, I don't I don't know what the point is. It's just a silly fluff game. But yeah. So there's that. Anyways, the main piece of the episode, and that is talking about avocado and the OG mix by Adam Casper versus the Later, remixed version by the band's longtime friend, Brendan O'Brien. Um, I think we can do these kind of lightning roundy uh, through the, yeah. the songs and get to the end here. So I will start things off with Life Wasted. Um, more reverb on the vocals with the Bob mix, and the guitars are much harder panned on the Bob mix. Other than that, it didn't seem too different to me. What do you think? I feel the same way. Uh, I, I, it's a little deep. And it's a little crunchier and heavy in the original. Mm -hmm. I think it's much cleaner the way the, the album ushers the listener in with the, the Brendan O'Brien mix. And I, I, I prefer that sound. I feel it, it's, it, there's a crispness to it that gets muddy to me. And as soon as I heard these opening notes, I knew that this was going to be an interesting journey that would feel like hearing an album for the first time, even though I knew every note and every word of all of these songs, I was excited about it. And so for that, I appreciated a mix that sounded dramatically different. Of course, this should be expected after we heard the 10 remix. Mm. Uh, moving on to Worldwide Suicide, um, there's a lot of guitar clutter in the intro in the Casper mix for me. Mm. Um, so a lot of repanning there from, from Brendan. The drums are much more clear and present in the Brendan mix, and it's just a much more dynamic mix from Brendan O'Brien. Uh, it feels like the entire panning spectrum 
is being used efficiently. Like I'm hearing little guitar parts in the chorus that I can't hear in the Adam Casper mix. So I think I prefer Bob's in this, um, Bob's, uh, Brandon O'Brien's uh, on this one um, to Adam. What do you think? I actually prefer the original. Really? Uh, yeah, it, I don't know why. There's just something about this particular song here. It, uh, again, the crispness is there, but it feels very uh, a lot of treble for some reason hmm. with this track. I, this was the song that I felt like I needed a bit more thump to. Um, like I, I'm not looking for loudness necessarily. Right. I, I think uh, balance is what I wanted out of the new mix because I, I didn't hear that. I, felt, I thought original, it was more balanced. It was. The original was just cranked up to the point where I thought they were. it, it was almost like you were getting staticky feedback on certain. Mm. Uh, it, it was just the freak. It was just too much, you know. And harsh. This this one song I thought benefited from that. Oh yeah. Uh, whereas a song like Comatose, for example, does not. I know we're not on that one, but uh, th th this is the one song that I would, I actually prefer. And maybe it has to do with the, the compression ratio, I'm guessing. It's possible. You know, I, I wanna say that the uh, the, uh, the new one is more compressed. I think it's a song by song thing. I mean, is that it really? Okay. Yeah, it feels very compressed, but uh, less compressed in the original, I should say. Got it, okay. So. Let's go to Comatose then, you, you mentioned it. Um, ah. I, I think I actually prefer the less reverb vocals in the Casper mix. Vocals, mm. that is. There's much more, much more reverb. reverb yeah, there's much more reverb on the vocals in Brendan's mix, and I think yeah. for this song it doesn't benefit it. The guitars sound warmer in the Brendan O'Brien mix though, and I like that. They sound too harsh for me in Adam's mix. So I'm kind of like, kind of one and one on one side and one on the other. Yeah, I, I, I see that. And I, I won't take umbrage with those those takes because I don't necessarily think that you're wrong in, in seeing it that way. I'm not a huge fan of the song as it is. I know. I, I, I think Eddie, it, it's he, he. I made this comment before. Uh, he he sounds like he had three or four packs of cigarettes. <laughs> he was at the time, so I, I know. And then he he jumped on the mic. I mean, it's just like curdling some of the the, the screams, and it. it it is harsh, and I suppose marrying the vocal sound with that opening guitar riff also sounding harsh is not a good recipe. I think what worked for me in the new mix was was that marriage because I, I found continuity in that. Uh, so I didn't necessarily want the warmer guitar sound. I wanted something that was more complimentary in order to make the sound more palatable to me, I suppose. And, I it worked in this case for me, but uh, I'm not saying I love the song now, but I, if I had to choose between which version to listen to, I think I'd go with the, the with Brendan's. Got it. Uh, Severed Hand, the guitars are to the fore, yet the drums are fuller on the Brendan O'Brien mix for me. The intro to that opening rift isn't as abrupt on the Bob mix, and I, and I actually hear Jeff's bass on the pre-chorus in the, in the new version. Yeah. which I couldn't hear on Caster's mix before. And no. I would say, I think I prefer Mike's harmonic line in that second verse panned hard right in the original Caster mix. But uh, Brendan brings it more to the middle and it's less distinct. I think it's such a cool um, flavor 
to differentiate the second verse from the first verse, that the fact that he made it more hidden, I didn't like that. So I preferred Adam's call there. Um, uh, I actually like the guitar mix better during Mike's solo on Adam's mix, but on the Brendan mix, the sound it, it just sounds fuller. The more interesting lines are more present in the caster mix. So you kind of, you, you can't get it all. Like one of those songs, again, where you can't get everything you want in, in, in the mix no. once the next. No, you, you really do get the drums and the bass pushed right at you. They're very much, they're very forward. They're, they're, it feels low. It feels like a low frequency. Um, yeah, I, I, I hear you on that. Um, for me, it's the intro to this song that really kind of sets it up. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that you, you nailed it in terms of, of your analysis of the guitar. So I'm, I'm with you on that one. All right, let's go to Marker in the Sand. Um, I really detest how the drums sound at the top. Yeah, and, and, and the, on the percussion on this. Yeah, the, the, per the percussion on this one is key. It, the drums sound so less harsh. Uh, are far less harsh on the Brendan O'Brien mix. Uh, and that's massive. It's a very drum-oriented song. Yeah. Um, I actually had never heard Jeff's fuzzy bass line until just when I was listening to it again uh, last week to do Where? this episode. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Like, I couldn't I couldn't hear it until the Bob mix. Um, and it was super cool. I just never heard it before. The interlude into the final verse has always been my favorite part of the song. Again, very mm -hmm. drum-heavy. And the, the Bob mix really puts the drums to the front where they should be as they carry this song, you know, by this point. And, and it, it's a theme of this of this mix with, with Brendan O'Brien is that the drums sound fuller, more uniformed. Um, it's just a better sounding drum kit. And for the songs that really feature the drums, it, it makes makes or breaks. And it, for me, yeah. it breaks. I, I'm with you. There's far more dynamic range, I think, in this track. And, and you get that with the percussion, so I, I prefer the, the newer mix. Going to Parachutes, um, these versions for me are quite similar, except for two things. Well, my, Mike's, uh, he's got that guitar fill. Um, oh, yes. What, what, what's the line? Something, uh, 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 Break the Sky, something, I forget. Uh, it's towards the end, right? Towards the end, yeah. There's yeah, a, yeah. a guitar fill that I feel gets kind of undercut a little bit. Mm-hmm. That I always liked that part of the song. Me too. I thought that that was a nice kind and of cut it out. accompaniment. Yeah, it, it, it is it. I couldn't. I was having trouble finding it. Was it cut out or was it just? It's kind really. Of it's really deeply, low in the mix. It's, it's, it's really it's low. So it's just too low. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's my one criticism about Brendan O'Brien's mix. There's another place on the album which we'll get to later where I feel like he buries something and and it really turns me off as well. Uh, but that that was something here. Uh, aside from that, though, I actually really like this parachutes mix. I think it's re it's really bright. It, it's it it uh, it's very full, but not in a um, in an, in in a, a concert hall sort of way. It just feels very airy, and I think that for the sentiment behind the lyrics of the song, it works very very well. Yeah, and to continue the theme on the drums, I think the drums are much warmer than than the uh, mm -hmm. in the cat from. In the Brendan mix from the Castro mix, I think they're much warmer. Um, so at least Brendan's consistent, and I think, I think to that point, you know, along with the guitar fill that you're talking about, um, Brendan also buries a lot of little cool keyboard stings and fills throughout the verses and the chorus, uh, into the chorus. 
So I, I almost think I like the Adam version more because there's just a couple of those little pieces of flavor that just kind of get buried. And it's almost like the Brendan O'Brien mix for me is more stock and more like, okay, here's here's the bed of music and this is it. Whereas Adam's has little little sprinkles here and there of flair that you don't hear. Um, it's just, you know, when you hear the drums as harsh as they are, it, it kind of throws you for a loop, at least for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... I still like this version more. The Brendan mix. Yeah, for, for parachutes at least. For for the reason, the aforementioned reasons. Got it. Uh unemployable. There's a definite EQ shift in the guitars from Casper to Brendan O'Brien. They might sound better to me under Adam Casper, which is not the usual case in this on this record. No, it's it's, it's muddy back then, but uh, you think the muddy in the back in the back in the day. Well, yeah, I actually the, like the, the 06 version. I thought was just too crunchy and muddy at times, and when really, it feels so much brighter and crisper. So, oh, see, I, I, I think it's, I think it's harsher. I think it's too trebly on the new version. Um, in certain places, I agree, but I think um, by and large, it's just a far superior mix. I think in a lot of ways, hmm. um, it, it was just too loud. It felt like they just turned the, everything on the EQ up to just high and loud. It's just, everything is just loud. That was the um, the theme for the early two thousands, right? It's just max the fucking thing. Yeah, you know, and, and I don't. It, it it just feels like it's over the top to the point where you. I felt like you're trying to turn this the dial down because you're thinking your your speakers are about to, to blow. And on that's one hand, it's like, yeah, man, that's rock and roll. That's exactly what you want. No, actually, I, I want. It depends I want on the enjoy, song, I, I, right? There's the, the dynamic songs. elements get lost in a lot of ways, but the, part of that compromise, as you mentioned, which is strange. Or the, these little elements that get lost in translation, which you think it'd be the other way around. I don't know. Yeah, I and mean, that's the thing uh, is, like I said, I think I actually prefer the mix of the guitars on the outro better on the Brendan O'Brien mix. And I love the vocal layers on the Brendan O'Brien mix as well. But the sound of the guitars, I actually like more on Adam Casper. It's, well, Brendan always brings the vocals up to the forefront. He does. He does. So. Um, that, that's not, it's another conflicted one for me because it's like, do you like how they sound or do you like how the song sounds, right? As a guitar player, that's, that's tough for me to choose. Uh, let's go to Big Wave. The um, You're talking about compression. Uh, I think <laughs> that the guitars sound thinner and more compressed on the O'Brien mix. Um, the little fill guitar in the center channel after the chorus is much more present in the Adam Castro mix as well. And again, Another really cool moment buried deeper in the Brendan O'Brien mix. The he, this is a theme throughout the album. He, you might get a fuller, more, more um, evenly mixed, evenly panned uh, song, but dynamically, a lot of the really interesting parts go away because of that. And I thought that this was a song where there's a moment like that, and it, it kind of bugged me. And then the little the interlude thing, everything flips. Brendan Mix puts the weird, cool shit to the front and and blasts the solo a little higher in the mix as well. And then the outro, it flips again, and the Adam Casper mix is much more interesting, for me at least. So I, I thought this one was kind of all over the place. Um, again, I liked certain mixes in certain parts of the song, and then other parts bug me. I, where do you sit on, on, on Big Wave? Yeah. I, I, I'm very ambivalent on this track in general, 
And so for, for the remix, there's there's elements of it that feel very understated. And this is one of those tracks that I don't, I think the original mix that pumps the loudness, much like with um, Worldwide Suicide, it's one of those tracks that I think benefits from something more akin to, to that approach. Mm. So I do prefer the original mix. Moving to Gone, um, two thirds of the way through the album, and this is far and away the biggest winner for Brendan O'Brien for me. The sound is full and balanced. The guitars are panned in the channels that best complement themselves and Ed's voice. And there's no wasted space and no crowding in the mix. Everybody has their space from left to right. I think it's far and away the best, the song that benefited most from Brendan O'Brien remix. What do you think? You know, th th this one is interesting because that, to me, this is one of those songs that when the 06 version came out, I think there were a lot of folks that complained about the mix in general. And mm. I always felt like this was that song that really suffered the most from it. It, it. it had that feeling it was supposed to be the in hiding of this album. That that song that kind of gets released as a, a, in hiding was never released as a single. I think Eddie lamented the fact after, but this was that track that to me I thought was going to be that that strong Eddie track that would come out and be kind of one of those standout singles. And the mix just really did it a disservice in the original. And look, I'm not a trained, you know, mixer, so I You're not? <laughs> just sit here. No, exactly. So oh, when shit. I say it, that the the mix did it, it, it a disservice, I'm sure there are far more technically savvy people that would look at me and say, "Oh, really?" But <laughs> uh, for me, anyway, as a listener, it it there's so much muddiness to it and it doesn't quite reach the heights that a song like Unthought Known does. And to me, I thought that that type of treatment is what Gone needed. And I feel that the newer version from Brendan O'Brien inches this track closer to that type of ambience, I suppose. Yeah. So I, I much prefer the, the newer version. Cool. Yeah, me too. Uh, Wasted Reprise, uh, you wouldn't think there, would, there could be a big difference for a 50-second track of an organ and Ed's vocals, but the fact that Brendan O'Brien remix adds back so much missing low end is incredible. If you listen to these back-to-back, -back, you're thinking to yourself, okay, what could possibly change here? I'm telling you, the low end of that organ comes back, and it's that much better. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that one as well. It, it I don't think it's... It doesn't make or break anything for no. me. I mean, <laughs> but it, it, it does make it better. It does. It does. It does. All right. Quick track, quick, quick review. There you go. Army Reserve. Love this song. Me too. Fucking love this song. Like the track before, the bass is far more present in Bob Mix, um, adding more sonic balance for me. I don't hear a lot different with the guitar EQ, but some of the levels are different. And the little chorusy guitar fill seems a little bit more present in the Brendan O'Brien mix. The Adam Casper mix, however, excels at letting all the little backing vocals flourish in the chorus. Bob, the Bob remix, it keeps all of them dead center and lowers them in the mix. I really, which is interesting for a guy who loves to pump vocals, right? I really enjoyed the first half of those vocals, backing vocals, pan left. And the second half of those vocals being panned right. They're literally different vocal lines too, which you can't hear 
from the Bob remix, and I like that the panning change helps carry the theme of distance between father and family. And I think I think I might give Casper the edge on the outro as well, um, as the Brendan O'Brien mix keeps the chorusy lead guitar line out on the right. There's already rhythm guitar in that real estate, man. Mm-hmm. Casper proves that just bass can adequately share that zone with the solo. So I think this is a song where Adam's version actually probably holds it better. I agree. It's funny you mentioned outros. I I, I still can never get over the whole fade out on Life Wasted. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's that, anyway, to, total aside, but I'll never <laughs> understand. <laughs> exactly. Let's go back to that. But <laughs> anyway, um, this last song, for me is is uh the one low moment on the album to me because i feel like for brendan okay um i truly feel that the intro to this closing track is one of the most interesting and uh reminiscent of that classic 70s rock you know who-esque sound that Pearl Jam has cultivated over the years. And I I don't know. I I, I listened to it and the 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 version that Brendan O'Brien has right now. So he just buries the whole intro. It it just sounds so buried on the intro to inside job. And it's unfortunate because that's we're, we're on your reserve, my friend. No well I know I was segueing oh sorry into inside job. But Wait, are we skipping come back? No, no, we, I, I, I echo a lot of your thoughts, to be honest with okay. you. I, I, I thought that it was, there, there's a lot of really great elements to it that, that shine. I, there was nothing in the new mix that I thought suffered. So I, I think it, it's a standout remix. It, it's one, to me, it's one of the, the, the better remixed songs on the album. Which one? Army Reserve. Oh, I thought you said it was the worst. No. Inside Jobs intro, I said, was the worst. And oh, that, oh, oh, oh. So I was segueing into that as, as kind of that dichotomy there because Got fresh it. off of Army Reserve, I was thinking, man, this has been really great. And then I come into the intro here and I thought, oh, God, did you <laughs> like one of the best songs on the album and one of the best parts of it, You, it just gets buried. Uh, and it's so unfortunate that it's so um, low and muffled and subtle when to me, I felt like it it was truly its own entity that intro it it could have been its own track i mean candlebox has an album called into the sun and there's a track on there called uh, i think it's called breathe me in or breathe in i forget breathe into me i believe it was what it's called i'm sure i'm butchering the title i gotta go back and check it out but the intro to this to this song is god i don't know three or four minutes long it's its own track Mm. i mean you could skip it if you don't want to hear it and it'll go right into the song but the point is that the intro lives on its own. It's, it's this organic thing. And I've always felt that way about Inside Job, that the intro has always felt like a growing organic thing that has its own crescendo. And it just doesn't really, it, it doesn't ever stand out to me. It, it feels a lot like um, Of the Girl on Binaural, where you're just waiting for it to, mm-hmm. <laughs> to climax and it because of the way it's mixed, it doesn't ever get there. And so I actually, I, I almost always listen to the Brendan O'Brien mix of this album now because it helped me fall in love with it, actually. But on my iPod 
for the last track, I have the original. Really? <laughs> of, I do. I just flip flopped them, and that's the way I listen to it. And I, I can't help it because it it drives me nuts listening to to that that buried intro. Well, you 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 went ahead and went the inside job. I guess we're going to come back in a in a minute here. But you you mentioned inside job. So well, comeback's beautiful. It it sounds it's so open. Um, I I thought it was great. It was mixed beautifully. The the remix you're saying. The remix, yeah. Okay. I was I was completely. Well, me, I'll quickly go through comeback. Um, I don't have too much to say on that one either. N- I think either. the um, the snare reverb is a huge plus on the the Brendan remix. I loved that they added that. Um, and same can be said for Ed's vocals. A subtle but important change that Bob made is leveling up the organ just a bit. I love the organ in this song, and it's good to hear more of it. I prefer the guitar solo tone in the cast remix, but I think everything around that sounds like it has its own room to breathe in the bob mix and so therefore the bob mix is just the better version for me now inside job the first couple of minutes the intro of the song there's so much going on you mentioned it. there's there so is. much going on and it's it's but it's harder to tell for me from the bob mix it's unfortunate considering how well he was able to give everything its own space in in so many of the other tracks. Adam Casper takes the win at the beginning of the track. Now, for me, as soon as the drums kick in, the Bob t- uh, mix takes over. He just knows how to mix drums, man. I, it just is what it is. It, it just sounds really full at this point. Vocals the, as well. The, yeah, the, the bridge comes in around four minutes and... and as it does, the acoustic guitar drops away in the Bob mix. I don't know why it goes missing. It was great for me. So a little knock on Bob there. I think I prefer the vocal mix on Casper as well. That's mm-hmm. fascinating. That yes, you and I'll tell you Casper why. It, vocals. It's, it's, <laughs> it's purely it's purely, purely for the very end. He okay. really, I, I think for the most part, Adams is fine and Bob is really good, except for the ending part that's really important to me. He really accentuates, this is Adam, he really accentuates the higher pitched layer on all those life comes from within lines. And I feel like it's the big crescendo in the song and that line, that vocal line, that pitch is what puts it over the top for me. So for Brendan to kind of bury that so much lower under the regular normal baritone line bugs the hell out of me. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you to, to an extent. I, I, in general, I think Brendan's vocals crush, but normally speaking, yes, I, I, it was I, just I, this I, one that. line that bugged me. Like I, I always hear it with that with the "Life Comes from Within." Here, my my ear goes straight to the higher of the two lines of the two layers. Mm-hmm. And he he kind of puts it underneath the baritone line, and I just don't like that. I think, I think for the most part, the track is better with Casper. I think I think you're right, um, aside from the drum mix when that comes in. But so overall, overall thoughts, the Casper mix features a lot more of the interesting lines, but it's a harsher sounding mix than Brendan O'Brien. Brendan O'Brien's remix is definitely more cohesive, but also a little bit more stock in ways. It's more, it's more dynamic in other ways, though. It is. It's possible that Adam was was trying to accentuate the, quote, return to formness of some of the songs by making them sound more aggressive from a sonic point of view. We talked about that at the very beginning of the album, you know? 
it, it was too aggressive to me. When, too when aggressive. You have songs like Come Back and Army Reserve and Inside Job and Parachutes. There's, there's, it's a dynamic uh, yeah. group of compositions. And, and it, so much of that just gets lost in this muddy fuzz. And it, <laughs> yeah. I, I actually, it, it felt like more of an eclectic sound, I thought, with Brendan's mix. Yeah, and, and Brendan's adjustment is more about smoothing over the edges and For bringing sure. all the instruments back that, into the same room. That's a great room. analogy, actually. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Smooth it all out, bring everybody into the same room. And ultimately, it makes for a more pleasing sonic experience, in my opinion. Even if at times that means that some of the more interesting parts are pushed to the background. Like I met, we mentioned some of the little guitar fills or like right. vocal lines, and they get they kind of disappear a little bit. That sucks, but overall, I think it's worth it. And I think before before this, we this little experiment, I, I remembered Caster's mix a little too harshly. Um, thinking that the Bob mix was far and away the better, the better mix. Uh, and while I prefer the Bob mix on the whole, um, I was surprised by how many little mo- movements within songs. I did prefer the original Adam Castro mix, but overall, I think we are probably in concert here and in, in preferring the Bob mix. Agreed. Well, gang, there you go. Uh, tell us what you think. Do you prefer the Adam Castro mix? Do you prefer the Brendan O'Brien remix? Do you prefer a smattering of the two? Which ones do you prefer? And why? The, and why? <laughs> comment. I, I can't say comment below because this, this is a YouTube video, but comment on the post that comes out Tuesday mornings uh, or on, uh, on Facebook. And we will chime in as necessary. Moving on to our Lurk of the Week. Look at that, Paul. We are producers extraordinaire. This week's Lyric of the Week comes from Avocado and its parachutes. Tell me about parachutes, my friend. Oh, man. You know, you and your lady, you guys had a baby. <laughs> that was an intentional rhyme. I just felt like giving you a... I, I, I was looking for something off this album, and I thought this sequence uh, w- was always very charming and, and touching and, and not schmaltzy, but definitely on the sentimental side. And uh, I just thought it was a little... It was a lovely little homage to your important seminal moment. So I wanted to, to share that. I'm not going to go into great detail here, buddy. I just, it, it was. You uh, said uh, seminal. Uh, I did. <laughs> oh God. Our word of the week. again. <laughs> well, I you know what? Know. It, I'll give you, I'll give you a take then. I'll give you a take. It's not a unique take that Ed has here at the top of the, of the, uh, of these lyrics, but I find it interesting. He's channeling himself from love boat captain with the, but the always welcome love is all you need mentality, you know, and the idea of 
being saved by love. It's, it's a powerful thing. We've talked about this before a number of times. I don't want to go down a cheese hole, but I think for many of us, you know, we've been lucky enough to have felt this at some point and to be in such a place where you can, you can question everything. You can become cynical and then you can find the love that flips the switch. Mm -hmm. All the negative things and the cynical things and the cynical ways that you once looked at the world are gone. You know, once pillars of your worldview now crumbled because the sky doesn't seem to be supported. It's just there for you to enjoy. And not only is it important to have found that love you saved that saved you, but to also appreciate that it did that humility and, you know, self-awareness is nearly as wonderful as the love itself. I think, how do you, how do you feel about that? I'm with you. I mean, that last line, the life I, I might've had, if I hadn't found you, you know, and I think that that's, it's such an interesting way to look at love, examining what could have been if you didn't have it. I think so, so much of our I mean, energy nothing, gets, man. Well, exactly. Story, but I mean, right? It, it, right. But so much of our examination of love centers around what we have with that person or because of that person and, and why we're so fortunate and lucky. But I think underscoring that is an examination of what we would have without that person. And sometimes that reality, that alternate reality is dismal enough or unfulfilling enough that it further uh, highlights and underscores how important the love you do have truly means to you. And so I thought uh, w- whether that love is, is, is the love you have for a child or a more intimate relationship with a significant other, doesn't really matter. I mean, love is love. Um, I think that vote is that love boat captain. Love is love. <laughs> I once had a, um, an art class in high school and the, uh, they, they give you like little charcoal, you know, you have a white piece of paper yeah. and they're like, you're in a, you're, everyone's in a circle and there's like some bowl of fruit or some shit on the table. Mm-hmm. Everyone's got to draw it. Well, the teacher talked about drawing the space, not the shape. Yeah. And that's how you would draw the, the idea, the, uh, the, the, the thing um, in the middle of the room. That's kind of how I view this, where when you focus on what's not, what wouldn't be there if you didn't have this, it's a similar kind of concept to me. And yeah. the, on top of that, the imagery and the symbolism of a parachute, something that literally saves you from dying as you, as you careen through the sky due to gravity. That's the thing that keeps you. So to use, to have par- a parachute as, as the metaphor for love saving us all coming down to earth, that's pretty cool. It is. It, it's, it's a really underrated track. And uh, sometimes I wonder if Buckle Up had this level of lyrical depth and breadth, mm. whether or not we would be or in general, people would look at Buckle Up with an entirely different view. I mean, obviously they would, right? I mean, the lyrics are the heart and soul of the song. Uh, but it's another one of those quirky oddities on an album that I think a lot of people at first said, what is this? I mean, it's a very Beatles-esque song yes. to me. And I've been on a Beatles kick recently in the last couple of years. And so I think I've grown to appreciate Parachutes more and more. 
and uh, it, it, it's it's uh, it's a special track in a lot of ways. And the well, that's one of the things that I like about the lyric of the week is because it, it we are forced to focus on the song, and the song might be something we haven't really really focused on in a while because oh, maybe right. it's not the strongest. You know, one day we'll have to do evacuation, and yeah, yeah we, we will. You will be forced <laughs> to reassess the song and focus and dive into it a little bit. And I'm curious to know if it's it's possible, guys, that maybe Paul finds something about that song he likes. My point is, is that all you guys out there- Did, did that any, work for you with Ole? <laughs> we haven't done a lyric of the week yet. Not of that one. We did dive pretty deep into it for something else, <laughs> but that was- <laughs> But for, for you guys out there, you know, that we, we do these lyric of the weeks every week. And I hope that some of these songs, maybe you haven't really paid attention to too, too much in a while. And maybe we can- help you kind of like re kind of dive into it and maybe you find something about it you like that you didn't like before. Let's go to our live cut of the week. Ready to stand up. All right, Paul, live cut of the week. Obviously it's coming from the mid aughts, mid 2000 aughts. Um, what are we doing? Where are we going? We are going to Portland, Oregon. Oh, first time for us, I believe. Yes. Lovely. Love yeah. Portland. J- July. Portland, 20th. Portland. Yeah. July, tw- July 20th, 2006. Uh, th- yeah. Let's, let's just go there. You want to go there? Try. Let's just go there. Have you been to Portland, by the way? No, I never have. Oh, it's lovely. It's weird, but it's lovely. Anyway, Is it Portland, like Oregon. keep Austin weird, weird, or just it's, in its, it's own? Similar. It's similar. It's similar. Okay. So it's a great time. Good food. Anyways, we're, 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 yeah, we're careening away from the point here. We digress. July 20th, 2006, Portland, Oregon.
So for me, Paul, um, clean electric version instead of acoustic guitar. It's an interesting little twist there. I like that. Um, it's a lovely pace. That's the biggest takeaway for me is the pace of this song. Oftentimes, the guys speed up songs. Even the slower ones get crept up a little bit with the tempo. And this one had a really nice little nice little saunter. Doom, 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 doom. It's in a lovely hint of boom in the background, mm-hmm. which is Didn't always like a that? nice touch. Um, Portland is an interesting show as it's it's right after the shows that we saw, the the Billy Graham Theater shows, the Inglewood shows, and it's right before the Gorge. So mm-hmm. they they must have known two days later they'd be in George Washington and they have these epic shows. Well, they wouldn't know they would they wouldn't know that they would have had the epic shows, but they knew it was going to be an important event. And so this was like the last dress rehearsal before that, and. You know, a lot of people from Seattle probably coming down would have been at the show. Portland's interesting. Portland's a very underrated show, kind of like Boise was back in 2000. Very interesting, close to Northwest, uh, where they're from. And I think it's just a really lovely version of the song, I think. I thought so, too. And it, it, the, the more I listen to the song, the more I view it as a lovely song in the Pearl Jam catalog. And so I thought it was... Uh, their finest effort of that track a track they rarely play by the way so it's That's not true. like i had a litany of options but uh, i do think that this one was a particular standout from a a, a a quietly underrated show well i can tell you uh via our friends at livefootsteps.org 22 times it's been played that's it that's it 22 first played may 25th 2006 last played may 8th 2016 Oh, May 8th, that just happened. Mm-hmm. As, right. as we are, as, if you're listening to this in, in August 2023, then this makes no sense to you. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, today is, today as we're recording this, it's May 9th. You're hearing this on May 11th or later. So how about that, gang? Means nothing. I just thought it was interesting. <laughs> you know what else means nothing but is interesting? Randomizing your set list at, at generator.pearljam.com. <laughs> A, a perfect segue to microsite. Go check it out. Tell Go us what you think out. about that. Tell us what you think. All right, gang. Uh, thanks for checking back in with us. Um, we always have a ball, and we will talk to you next week with more fun. And until we do, you've been listening to the state of love and trust. Yeah.